Thanks so much, y'all. Um, I'm like grinning ear to ear right now. I don't care who you are or what you say. That song comes on and it is your jam. Am I right? Like everybody that, thank you. Thank you. Even my 12-year-old takes out his AirPods when that comes on and we sing it all together. We have a blast with that song. And um, as we were thinking about it, I, I met with Spencer and he's like, tell me what your message is about. Let's talk about songs. And honestly, I was like, this would kind of work because I don't know. I mean, we sing this song, but have you ever thought about the lyrics to it? Because what it actually says is, uh, I never want to hear you say, I want it that way because I want it that way, right? Have you ever thought about what does that even mean? And do you guys know that that song is um, over 20 years old and the Backstreet Boys are still trying to explain it and I still don't get it, right? I have no idea what that song is about. I'm not even sure they know what that song is about, but it's fun to sing to. And honestly, that's kind of parenthood. That's being a mom, right? I have a friend that's about to have a baby in a couple of months and I can't explain to her what it is. It is, um, it, it is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. It is the most fun. I have no idea what's going on. Just scream it to the top of your lungs time that you'll ever have in your life. And you just kind of hang on and let it go. So I thought that was a really good theme song for Mother's Day. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If not, then that was just a little personal uh, jam session for me that I really enjoyed. So... Um, if, you, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name's Casey Callahan. I am the kids director here at Marathon. I have been married to Chase, um, one of the Backstreet Boys that were up here. Chase and I have been married for 16 years. Uh, we have a 12-year-old son, Emerson, and we have two daughters, Georgia, who is eight, and Rollins, who will be turning one in just a couple of weeks. And first, I'm going to say that there's a lot of things about this crazy time that we're living in that have been great. This whole quarantine, all that stuff, there have been a lot of high points, and I realized that I'm probably never going to get as much time with my kids and my family and my husband as what I'm getting right now. And so we have laughed. I have learned so much about my kids that I had no idea. I mean, I've just seen them do things that if I was working full-time while they were in school all day, I would have totally missed. So there have definitely been high points, and there have been great times. But if I'm honest, there have been some really, really tough times. Are you guys with me? Have you guys had some tough times through this too? It's okay to admit it. So while I acknowledge that we have had a lot of fun and we're doing some great stuff and we're getting great quality time together, what I really am going to lean in today are some of those tough spots and, and hopefully encourage you through that. Or if nothing else, she'll say, at least I'm not alone. Okay, so... I'm just going to tell you, does anybody else feel like they're living like a plan B or a plan C or D or X, Y, or Z? You're feeling like things just aren't going the way they're supposed to, right? 2020 is not going according to plan, okay? I had a plan. As a staff, we sit down at the end of the year and we plan the next year. And I will promise you right now that drive-in church was nowhere on our calendar. Half the stuff that we wrote down, out the window, we couldn't do it, but God is allowing us to do so many other different things, but it's not our plan. And, and that's church, but personally, I'm just going to tell you, this is not my plan. We had a 12-year-old birthday party yesterday that my 12-year-old had been planning forever. He was so excited, but guys, it was a drive-by 
that we did Friday night. So that was not part of our plans. He wanted to have friends come over. He wanted to stay up all night playing Xbox and eat pizza. None of that happened. Drive-by birthday parties, not my plan. Um, My parents, who are here today, who I love so dearly, um, they, about five years ago, started building a house in Wahala, which, guys, is an hour away from me. (laughs) And they did this without my consent. They didn't even ask. They just did it. And they moved about an hour away. So for five years, my brothers and I have been trying to get them back to Easley. It's a great piece of land. They loved it up there. They were living their best life, but it was just too far from us. We didn't like them being that far away. So in February, guys, we got them to move back to Easley. They're about five minutes away from us. That was in February. What happened in March? We couldn't spend any time with them. We moved them here so that we could hang out and we could eat meals together and we could check on them and they could check on us. And then we went about nine weeks without having contact with them in person. It was all phone calls and FaceTimes. I never went that long when they lived an hour away from me. That was not my plan at all. In fact, my kids were going to spend way much more time at their house over the last nine weeks than they got to. Instead, they were stuck with me the whole time. I am working full-time, and my job has changed drastically all of a sudden to doing everything online. I am now homeschooling two kids all of a sudden. Thank God for their teachers because I don't know what I would do without them. But all of a sudden, I'm responsible for making sure they're doing their work and their learning. And our baby decided to start crawling while we were on lockdown. And so now I'm chasing her. I loved it so much more when she just sat still. But now she's all over the place. Guys, none of those things went according to my plan. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm a planner, okay? I drive my family crazy because the first thing I say is, what's the plan about anything? At night, I'm always saying, okay, guys, let's go ahead and charge our Chromebooks so that we can have our schoolwork ready for tomorrow, okay? Let's go ahead and pick out our clothes tonight so we're not fighting about wardrobe issues, okay? I am the planner. This has messed me up. But if we're honest, even if you're not a planner, this has probably messed you up too. I bet everybody in their car in the parking lot, watching online, everybody has something that has been messed up and it has totally wrecked our plans, right? So as I was thinking through this, it reminded me of a Bible verse. It's actually Proverbs 16, 9. And the way that I learned it is, I will make my plans, Lord, but you direct my steps. I will make my plans, Lord, but you direct my steps. And then all of a sudden I kind of realized something. I really like the first half of that verse. I will make my plans, Lord, period. And then I don't really like reading the rest of that. I don't like thinking about God directing my steps. I will make my plans, God, you know what I'm doing. So if you could just jump on board to my plan. I made my plans, so can you just jump on? Anybody else feel me? Do you feel like you'd make your plans? But then you're like, God, I need you to get with me. I'm not worried really about getting with you, but I need you to get with my plan, right? So here's the thing. I kind of felt like I was smarting off a little bit to God, right? Like, I'll make my plans, Lord. I got this because I've had my kids do that to me. You see, kid, I know the big picture. I am trying to direct you. I'm trying to help grow you. I'm trying to keep you safe. I'm trying to make you a better human being. And my kid says, I've got it, Mom. I've got my plan. I don't need your direction. And see, right now we're living in such a crazy time where it's so easy 
to miss God in it, right? It's so easy to say, God, where are you? Are you even in this right now? Why would you even allow this? Do you even care what we're going through right now? Well, here's what I do. I mentioned I'm the kids director. This is what I tell all the kids, all right? Whenever I have a question, I go to the Bible, all right? So here's what I did. For some reason, the book of Esther has always been just a draw to me. I don't really have a good reason for it. Um, If I'm being completely honest, reading the Bible isn't the easiest thing for me. I struggle with it a lot. It's not something that I wake up and it's, you know, like a cup of coffee I have to have and, ooh, I've just got to sit down and read my Bible. It doesn't come naturally to me. So in the seasons where it's especially hard for me to sit down and put time in God's Word, the first thing that I do is I pray, and I pray for God to just give me an unquenchable thirst and desire for his word. And then the next thing I do, whether I feel like doing it or not, is I open up Esther. It's just one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. So I'm going to not do it justice today, but I'm going to paraphrase kind of some of the high points of Esther, but I'm missing so much. Promise me that you'll go and read Esther. It's such a cool story. But I'm just going to kind of read what I've paraphrased about Esther, okay? So Esther's a part of the Old Testament. It takes place just a little shy of 500 years before Jesus was born. And uh, King Xerxes, all right, King Xerxes was the king of Persia. He had a lot of wealth. He had a large feast and a celebration, and he invited all of the nobles and officials and military leaders. Guys, get this, every day for 180 days, he showed his guests how glorious and wealthy his kingdom was. His queen was a beautiful woman named Vashti, and she hosted a feast also for all of the noble women, and she celebrated with them during this time that King Xerxes also held a celebration. So after several days of celebrating, if you know what I mean, King Xerxes probably wasn't uh, thinking clearly, making the best decisions, and he demanded that his queen Vashti leave her guests and her party and come appear at his party, and he wanted her dressed to the nines, wearing her royal crown. He wanted to show off her beauty to everyone around, all right? Well, Queen Vashti refused, and that sent the king and all of his officials and his advisors into a tizzy because they thought if the queen disobeys the king, then all the women throughout the territory are going to lose it, right? No one will obey their husbands. So the king banishes Vashti. She can never be in his presence again. All right, so then there's a royal decree that all women have to obey their husbands. Husbands have rule over their households, all because Vashti didn't want to put on her crown. All right, so now we have a king that's queenless, all right? So it's decided that his advisors will gather up all of the young, available women in the kingdom, and he can choose his new queen. And one of the women that was brought before the king was Esther. Esther was a Jew living in a Persian kingdom, and she was an orphan. Her cousin Mordecai, adopted Esther when, she, when her parents died. So the Bible tells us that Esther was very beautiful. And guys, this is just an aside. She's on my list when I get to heaven. I have a lot of people I want to go visit, but I want to see the woman that God's word says is very beautiful. It doesn't often describe um, the attributes of the people with a lot of adjectives about being beautiful or being handsome. But this says that she was very beautiful. So I definitely want to lay eyes on Esther and see what God's word describes as very beautiful. So this beauty that God gave her 
It caught the eye of the king, and he chose Esther out of all the girls to make her queen. He was very pleased with her. All right? Seems like I've wrapped up the story. We're ready for happily ever after. But what I didn't tell you is, even though the king was pleased with Esther, he really didn't know anything about her. In fact, he didn't know that she was a Jew. He did not know that she had been adopted by Mordecai. She was pretty much just a pretty stranger to the king at that point. And I also have not introduced you to a character named Haman. All right, so Haman held this lofty position in Persia, and he was a high-ranking advisor to King Xerxes, and he was a really important man. And in fact, he was so important that the king allowed Haman to make a ruling that everyone had to bow for Haman. They had to get on their knees. Anytime he walked by, if they saw him, they literally had to drop onto the ground onto their knees. So everyone would do this. He would walk down the street. People would just drop to their knees except for one person. Do you remember Esther's cousin Mordecai? He refused to drop to his knees for a man. He worshiped the one true God, and he was not going to worship a man. So he refused to do it. This obviously made Haman extremely angry, and he could not believe that Mordecai would not kneel. So Haman went before the king, and he said, listen, there is this certain group of people. He didn't name them, but he said, they're trouble. They're not following your rules, and remember, rules are important to King Xerxes. Queen Vashti made a fool of him. He wanted people to follow the rules, so he allowed Haman to make a law saying that he could destroy all of the Jews every single one of them. So when Mordecai heard about this new ruling, he knew that Queen Esther was the only way that they could be saved. So he secretly sent a message to Queen Esther, and he asked her to go before the king and beg for the lives of all the Jews to be saved. So in chapter four, this is what Mordecai writes to Esther. He actually says, it's possible that you became queen for a time just like this. And of course, Esther, at first, she was very scared And, you you know, she couldn't just waltz in and see the king. There was actually a rule that you had to be invited to see the king. You can't just go and decide you want to go in. And most people would be killed if they just walked in to see the king, unless he raised his gold scepter. So Esther said that she would be willing to do it. She would be willing to go and put her life on the line to ask for the king to save the Jews. Even if she died, she'd be willing to do it. So... Once she appeared before him, she invited King Xerxes and Haman to a feast that she would prepare. The king immediately agreed and told Haman about the dinner. And Haman was so excited because Haman thought he was so important to get a dinner with the king and the queen, all right? So at the king's feast, King Xerxes asked Queen Esther a question. He said, what do you want, my queen? I will give it to you. Even up to half of my kingdom, anything you ask, it's yours. And Esther knew that it was now or never She took a deep breath and found her courage, and she spoke. She said, all I ask, your majesty, is that you let me and my people live. An order has been issued to have us all destroyed. And the king was shocked. He demanded to know who would do such a thing to his queen and her people. Remember, he had no idea she was Jewish. So she just pointed her finger at Haman. And King Xerxes immediately ordered that Haman be put to death. And Mordecai, Queen Esther, and all of the Jewish people were saved. Y'all, I left so much out of that story, it's not even funny. And one thing I didn't mention at all was God. And it's not because I just skipped over that part or I left it out. It's because this is the only book in the Bible that God is not mentioned at all. You see, there's, there's not this moment where this young girl who's heroic enough to save all of the Jewish people, all of God's chosen people, there's never a moment 
where God comes rolling in on a cloud to her. There's never a moment where Esther climbs up a mountain and God meets and gives her amazing wisdom and tells her exactly what to do. God is silent through the entire book. And then we look and we see beautiful Esther and we see Mordecai and we see King Xerxes with all of his wealth. But these people are not without flaw. In fact, if you go back and read all the parts that I skipped over, man, they are tied up in all kinds of plots and they have secrets and deceptions. So basically where we're at in the story is God's people are a hot mess and God is silent. Have you guys ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, God, I'm a hot mess and where are you? And amen, right now, some of us are feeling that way. Some of you might not. Some of you might be saying, Casey, I'm, I'm really okay. But let me tell you what this book says to me, okay? This book says to me that we all have seasons where God seems silent. And, and I wanna go back and I wanna look at that verse in chapter four. It's Esther 4, 13 through 14. When Mordecai says, it's possible that you became queen for a time just like this. And guys, I couldn't help but kind of rewrite it a little bit because it's possible that you are a full-time working homeschooling quarantine mama for a time just like this. Or it's possible that you are a single dad that is juggling way too many things for a time just like this. Or it's possible that you are a grandparent that is so lonely and you are craving to see your grandkids and it's for a time just like this. It's possible that you're stuck in your home, you're struggling with money, you're fighting with your spouse, you're, you're beating back despair for a time just like this. And it's possible that we have made our plans, but God is trying to direct our steps for a time just like this. It's possible that you were created just as you are to do only what you can do for a time just like this. Maybe he is silent, but I promise you he is still working. You know, even though this book never mentions God, it definitely proves that he is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. He is our light in the darkness. This book proves to us that even when we're unfaithful, even when we've turned our backs, even when we are too scared to move, even when we don't see another way out, even when we doubt him, he always keeps his promise. All Esther had was her beauty and this position that God put her in. Esther did the only thing that she could do, knowing that God was gonna do what only he could do. And guys, I promise that's the same God, the same God that Esther trusted and obeyed is the same God that we serve. And guys, I'm a mess. I fail every single day. I mess up constantly. But the one hope that I have is that God's not through with me yet. That even when I can't feel it, even when I can't see it, even when I can't understand it, God is still working. And I'm going to pray because I want to give you guys the chance to have that peace. To know that God is still working, even when we can't see him. There's a peace in knowing that he has our story all written together. Even if we don't see his name on it yet, it is. He's still working. So I'm going to pray. 
that if you've never, ever made the decision to trust in Jesus and receive that peace, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. But I also want to give the opportunity to those that believe and follow Jesus, but maybe you just haven't seen him in this. Maybe you just aren't quite to the point where he's directing your steps yet, but you're ready because you've lived your life making your plans and it doesn't work. It's frustrating. It ends badly. And we're ready for him to direct our steps. So I'm going to pray right now. Dear God, thank you so much for your amazing stories. Thank you for your word, God, that proves to us what an amazing promise keeper, light in the darkness, way maker you are. God, forgive us when we don't follow you, when we don't trust you, when we don't allow you to direct our steps. God, starting today, we want to follow you. We're looking for your direction, God. We believe in the amazing, unbelievable God that you are, and we want to live our life reflecting that. God, forgive us for not following you sooner. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would do me a favor, if you made a decision today to follow Jesus for the first time, if you're watching online, you'll actually see something across the bottom of the screen where you can raise your hand. If you would please um, do that for me. If you are um, watching on Facebook, you can send us a private message. Or if you're here in the parking lot and you made that decision today, on our app at the bottom of the screen, there's a, a little uh, figure that says connect. And you can click on that and you can submit a prayer request. And just let us know in the body of that that you accepted Christ today. Also, if you decided to recommit today to say to God, I am ready to let you direct my steps. I'm ready to trust that you're the one writing my story. Then let us know that too. Reach out to us. We have resources for you. I want to pray for you. So please just reach out to us. Let us know if you made that decision. Thank you guys so much for joining us for Mother's Day. I love you so much.